Welcome to a very spooky Your Harrogate podcast. Hello, I'm Pete Edgerton and I've been out into Harrogate Town Centre to meet the man who runs the Harrogate Ghost Walk. His name is Paul Forster and he's also written a book in time for Halloween entitled Haunted Harrogate. So I grew up in a haunted house in County Durham in the northeast, a little mining village, and we had some poltergeist activity with objects being thrown around our bedroom. Uh, my brother thought it was me doing it, I thought it was him, and it wasn't until we grew up and spoke as adults about this experience that we realised it probably was something paranormal, because it was neither of us. And then having spoke to my mum, she also saw some entities as well, uh, men and women, kind of in the house from the past so I think it's from that from growing up in a, in a haunted house has kind of been in my subconscious I've always been interested in the paranormal reading books but I've always sat on the fence about whether or not ghosts are real because although I tell stories as a business um, having not seen anything myself until very recently I was never sure you mentioned poltergeist there's a real difference isn't there between entities that you yes. talk about yeah, yeah. poltergeist is a mischievous spirit that's right it's a german word for angry or mischievous spirit yeah um and so they they use a lot of energy to move objects manipulate things there's a, some great stories from hales bar just around the corner from us um where they have poltergeist activity. Also the Alexandra in town, that's got poltergeists. But yeah, other spirits, um, you've got the low forms, which are kind of orbs of light, and they're your basic spirit energy form because scientifically we are all made of energy and the belief is when you die that energy will be imprinted on objects people and places so these orbs of light that are floating around are literally the spirit energy then you get manifestations which can be full body solid mass they look as real as you or i and then you get spirit manifestations that are kind of see-through or hazy white lights you know um, kind of translucent and you've got some great examples in the Turkish baths of this. Figures coming through the, the steam in the hot steam rooms is quite eerie. Then you get the entities that are almost self-aware. They respond to questions. You know, if you ask, is there a spirit here? And it wraps once for yes or twice for no. These kind of intelligent, self-aware spirits that you can kind of have a conversation with uh, beyond the veil, as it were. Almost like we saw all those years ago, Patrick Swayze in the film Ghost. Exactly. Want to make tell her? Tell her she's wearing the shirt that I spilt the margarita on and the earrings I gave her for Christmas. Molly, Sam says to tell you you're wearing the shirt that he spilled the margarita on and the earrings he gave you for Christmas. So tell us about the ghost walks then and how regular they are. Yeah, so the ghost walk currently meets the first and last Friday of every month just outside of the uh, Royal Pump Room Museum next to the Crown Hotel. And it's about an hour and a half to two hours experience taken in lots of haunted locations throughout town. But in the new year, I'm hoping to put on more walks on a Saturday as well. The popularity of the walk has just increased over the year. I've had over a 1,000 people in, in a year already, and I'm hoping to increase that. And I think with the book coming out as well, Haunted Harrogate, and that features so many more stories that I can't fit in on the ghost walk. And I think also there's more to discover. A few people since the book launch have got in touch, mentioning even more stories that I never knew about. So maybe there could be a second book. I always start the ghost walk um, with Hales Bar. Um, so Hales Bar is the oldest drinking establishment in Harrogate, um, dating back to 1827 when it was known as the, uh, the Promenade Inn. Um, and it got bigger and bigger when William Hales took over in 1882. 
And because it's one of the oldest drinking establishments in town, it's the most frequently haunted. And I say frequently because if you were to go there any time of the day, you would probably experience something paranormal because the activity just goes on all the time. In Hills Bar, in the small bar to the left as you enter, this is the oldest part of the pub. And there's a lot of activity here. There's a, a small bar which is unattended by service staff because they don't like to be in this area. And there's a little bell on the bar that if you were here as a guest, you would ring it and someone would come through and serve you. However, this bell rings all of the time on its own accord with nobody in the room. So the bar member will be in the main area of the bar. They'll hear it ring. They'll walk through, have a look around. Nobody's there. And they swiftly walk back into the main area. And if you're ever in the bar and you hear the bell ring, just have a look at the, the staff member to see what their reaction is. And if they're quickly to come back through, you know that nobody was in the bar with them. But there, there's also a lot of poltergeist activity there. Some people think it's someone called Mary. But through my research, I can't find anybody historically called Mary who died there. Uh, she could have been a patron of the pub. And some people think the poltergeist is William Hales himself. So the activity that takes place most frequently is just behind the bar. Underneath the bar, there's some shelves. And on the edge of the shelf, there's a, a wooden lip. And most bars have these to stop the glasses falling off. However, quite often, a glass will seemingly just jump over that lip on the edge of the shelf fall to the ground where it bounces two or three times and always lands on its bottom with the mouth up and never ever smashes not even the, the lightest of champagne flutes breaks when it happens it's a very odd occurrence i've seen it twice myself and had i not seen it myself i probably wouldn't have believed the story uh, so that that's something you can probably experience yourself if you're ever in there drinking inside is it's just stunning if you have never been in it's like stepping back in time Wooden panels hug the walls. There's a plethora of Victorian paraphernalia everywhere. So it's got that kind of old-world feeling. And it's all lit by these original Victorian gas lamps, which cast this kind of eerie yellow glow over everything. And in the corner of the room, you can hire out a private booth, which is this beautiful kind of curved leather seat. And it looks warm and inviting. However, that's where a lot of activity takes place, in that corner of the bar. There was one evening a group of ladies had tidied out for themselves just to catch up and suddenly an almighty scream came from the corner of the room and one of the bar staff ran over to see what was the matter and all the ladies were now screaming and pointing behind the bar staff and they turned around and on the bar top were these little clips that go onto the front of the hand pumps, so advertising clips for beer. And they were bouncing and dancing and spinning around on top of the bar, as, as if somebody was spinning them and, and touching them and turning them over. And the, the women were screaming about this paranormal activity that was happening right before them. And the bar member kind of knocked these bar tabs to the floor and everyone screamed and, and caused more chaos. But there's been entities have seen it. A dark shadow often looms down the corridor to the toilets, but it's also been seen floating through the centre of Hales Bar. So if you want to experience anything paranormal, nowhere is more giving than Hales Bar. Just next to Valley Gardens, dominating the skyline, is the former Grand Hotel, now known as Windsor House. Now, it was built as a hotel and finished in 1904, and it stands just on the edge of the exclusive residential area known as the Duchy Estate. 
and it's huge it's got seven stories and at the height of its popularity it was stunning it had french restaurants fine dining aperitif bars billiard rooms it was just the height of luxury and because it's been there such a long time it's got a wealth of paranormal activity going right back to its use in world war one as a as a hospital um, for returning soldiers the octagon room at the top of the building which was the main area where they kept all of the soldiers in their beds, uh, is now rented out by the NHS. And it was here in the 1990s, 1993 in fact, when there was a cleaner called Paul just hoovering the floor. And he had his headphones on, listening to music, and he was completely alone in the middle of the night. And he suddenly became aware of a change in the atmosphere, he said. Um, He said suddenly the hair stood up on his arms and the back of his neck and he just felt like he wasn't alone. So he turned the hoover off and removed his headphones. And there stood in the centre of the octagon room was a man wearing blue pyjamas, barefooted. Now he looked real. And so Paul just assumed he was a worker, perhaps working late at night. But he couldn't account for his bare feet. So he called out, hello. And the man just ignored him and started walking away. So Paul put his work equipment down and followed him. And this gentleman turned the corner, and as Paul, only a few feet behind him, turned as well and got there, he had vanished. There was nowhere for him to vanish to. Uh, there was a number of officers which he tried and all the doors were locked, so there was nowhere this guy could have gone. But he kind of put it out of his mind and carried on working. Later that day, he was talking to a security guard who'd worked in the building for a long time, told him of his experience, and the security guards said, follow me. And he took him to a corridor. And on the wall was a picture of that octagon room in World War I. And in it were a bunch of nurses and some men all posed together wearing pyjamas. And Paul looked at them and said, that, they look very similar to the pyjamas this man was wearing. And the security guard, yes, yeah, they all wore these kind of blue pyjamas uh, from the time. And Paul kind of went white as a sheet and said, this guy was wearing blue pyjamas. And he'd never believed in ghosts before that experience. Now, during lockdown, the facilities manager, Steve, had to check the building every day to make sure it was uh, all locked up. And it was down in the bowels of the building in the basement, which is just a warren of dark and dank corridors. When he was at an empty corridor, suddenly, again, the atmosphere changed. He said it felt electric. And he turned round and stood halfway down the corridor was a man as wide as he was tall, wearing a very large black top hat. And they just stood for a few moments looking at each other. And Steve thought, well, there's nobody in the building. Certainly I don't recognise this guy. So he called out, hello? Who, Who are you? You shouldn't be down here. And the figure turned and started to walk away. But he walked away in complete silence. His footsteps didn't echo through the corridor which Steve thought was very odd because he started to follow him and he could hear his own footsteps. Steve picked up his pace uh, just as the figure turned the corner to where the fire exit was out into the car park. And by the time Steve got there, turned the corner, the figure had gone. He assumed he'd gone through the fire doors. And it wasn't until Steve burst through them himself, causing a lot of noise, he realised he would have heard that same noise had this gentleman gone through the doors. He stepped out into the cold night air and this figure had vanished without a trace. 
Now, one of the saddest and probably most scariest stories from the grand, former Grand Hotel comes from a story in the 1920s when a young lady who was dressed for an evening out on the seventh floor approached the lift, opened the old scissor-style doors and stepped into the lift. Only she fell seven stories to her death, landed on the lift roof below. And she has been seen by a number of people throughout the years, even up to the present day she has been seen. In the 1990s, when the building was being turned into the offices that they are today, a security guard was manning the building, making sure nobody broke in. And he went down an empty corridor at about one o'clock in the morning and stood waiting for a lift was a beautiful young lady dressed in her finest clothes, ready for a night out. And then he realised, well, it was gone one in the morning. Nobody should be in the building. And if they were, they should have been wearing a hard hat. And then he realised this girl had vanished, just as he blinked. Um, And he didn't stay there very long. But the most scariest part of that story is when you get in the empty lift yourself, as an office worker, only to turn to your side to see that you've now been joined by a young lady, who, as soon as you realise she's there and you're terrified, she disappears as quick as that. So, yeah, the Grand Hotel has a lot more stories as well uh, which are all featured in my book if you'd like to book on one of paul's fascinating ghost walks around town you can do so at harrogateghostwalk.com and look out for his book too haunted harrogate now available on amazon and many good bookshops too You're-